welcome to Telling the Tale. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf. I'm here as per usual with my co-host, Dustin Jackson. Hey, Dustin. Hi, Mitch. What's the buzz with you today? Well, I was thinking that we were going to continue our trial of playing every single Telltale narrative adventure episodic game that they released during the time that they were active. What do you think about that? Uh, You know, I'm here. We might as well. So, listen. (laughs) 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 We've previously divided up the show into arcs. We were like, we were working on our early Telltale arc, and then our road... To and through Walking Dead's narrative style was kind of another arc. Um, We might be hitting a third arc right now, which is... Or or really, I guess we were hitting it last episode when we were talking about Poker Night. Um, But now we're we're hitting the, uh, like, okay. There were a lot of one-offs and seasons of things that were not, like, 100% their main thing that they were doing. And now we're going to go around and kind of collect them all. And do, just go spot around out of order, you know? Yeah, gotta catch them all. <laughs> gotta catch them all. And we decided that our first foray into doing that would be to cover the four-episode season of Wallace and Gromit's Grand Adventures. Now, before we get started talking about the episode proper, what are your thoughts about Wallace and Gromit? Do you have any strong Wallace and Gromit feelings... In your life. Um, just in general? Sure. I enjoy Wallace and Gromit. I, it's never been like one of my most favorite animated things out there. I, you know I'm a big animation guy. Um, Wallace and Gromit's always been good, but I never am like jonesing for more Wallace and Gromit. Um, I first saw the original shorts, uh, they aired on Cartoon Network a long time ago. And yeah, they're fun. They're, uh, fun little shorts. Um, I like the one with the penguin. Yeah, so the shorts, like the original shorts from the 90s, I think. Um, maybe 90s? I, th- I think I think so. I think the first one's actually late 80s. Really? Yeah, so there, um, there were like only three of them. I had assumed, because I had seen some Wallace and Gromit stuff when I was a really young kid, that it was a, a show that everyone liked. That I didn't know about or was maybe too young for. And it turned out, no, I was pretty much at exactly the right time. And I saw yeah. all of it. And I didn't realize I saw all of it. <laughs> because there were, <laughs> there were only three. And they were yeah. so short. I think we had all of them on one VHS tape. And that mm-hmm. was the entire... That's all of Wallace and Gromit. But it seemed like it was this bigger thing than that. Yeah. It, it really feels like more of an... Because when they played on Cartoon Network, they played them as a movie. They just played like all three shorts in one movie block. Hmm. So it felt bigger than maybe it was. But um, yeah, I'm looking at the dates for them. Uh, the UK release dates. A Grand Day Out was the first one. That's the one where they go to the moon. Uh, that was released on November 4th, 1989. The Okay. 89. And then there, um, there's a close shave and wrong trousers, right? Yeah, wrong trousers was the second one, and that was December 26, 1993. And then a close shave was December 24th, 1995. Okay, so I was born, um, don't dox me, bud, but I was born in 1994. So I was alive for one of those three. 
Um, yeah, you came out between Wallace and Gromit's, between two and three. So I bet by the time they were packaging them all together, I was like in peak, let me watch a movie on videotape now, please, mom, era of my <laughs> life. Um, so there was that, and then I believe Curse of the Were-Rabbit, the, the full-length Wallace and Gromit movie, which at the time felt like a, a retro revival, but is now old enough to be closer to the original things than now. Yeah, um, that came out um, in 2005. 2005, wow, okay. So that was before this game as well. So mm-hmm. this game was tapping into a little bit of probably more Curse of the Were-Rabbit than the original shorts even. Yeah, I I don't know why, but when I think back to this Telltale Wallace and Gromit, it feels, I think it's older than it actually is for some reason. This game? Because it, yeah, because this game came out in 2009. That's 13 and, years old. Yeah, but I, I don't know why, but to me it just feels like earlier than that even. And I think it is because I'm thinking of uh, Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Yeah, Curse of the Were-Rabbit is an interesting movie because, like, Wallace and Gromit was the thing that championed stop-motion animation harder than anything else had before. Like, you had Gumby before, right? You had Mm -hmm. Gumby and and then, like, some... I know Saturday Night Live tried to do a bunch of, um, like, stop-motion Play-Doh things that, if you go back and watch... It's like six-year-olds on their mom's phone's camera posting to YouTube. <laughs> and that that's what was Saturday Night Live at the time. This stop-motion anime. Wow. Um, yeah, cra- crazy stuff to go back and watch. Um, but like Wallace <laughs> and Gromit was, it felt full-bodied, maybe for the first mm-hmm. time within that genre. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas was uh, not entirely stop motion, but did use mostly stop motion. And of course, was probably more than Wallace and Gromit. But I think there was some fluidity in Wallace and Gromit that was it felt new. And like yeah. allowing the characters to look like clay and, and leaning into that aesthetic rather than trying to disguise it was different. Yeah. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas, I think, is the first actual animated movie that stop motion but yeah these were the first uh like a, a grand day out was the big uh first stop motion short i believe to really make it a well-known thing yeah i guess i'm just excited that we have a uh this feels like a bone type one or a wolf among us type one but we've seen all is all of wallace and gromit because it's just not hard to see um yeah you can put the full movie and all of the shorts on one DVD, probably, and I bet they did do that. And that's, like, what an easy thing to get the entire series of something together. Yeah, you could do a whole, like, Wallace and Gromit collection. Other than those, there's only one other short they released in 2008, so that's four shorts total in a movie. You could fit all those. Was there a 2008 one? Yeah, A Matter of Loaf and Death. I bet I saw it, but I don't recall. Uh, yeah, so this yeah. this game was even after that. Yeah, so this game really was after all of the currently existent Wallace and Gromit material. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but it, it was weird to me, like, um, Sam and Max had taken up, it, it, it had begun after a full body of, like, comics, and uh, Fables was that way too, Walking Dead was that way too, um, 
Strong Bad's cool game for attractive people kind of felt similar in like, we've only had shorts before, and you want to do really long comparatively, like multi-hour episodes, and you want to do multiple of those, that's a huge step up from anything that's previously existed in this series. Mm -hmm. And um, it kind of doesn't feel like it, (laughs) despite that. (laughs) Um, I guess it's a testament to how cozy Wallace and Gromit is, that when you see them in the game, you're just like, oh yeah, I've known these for like, I've probably seen hours of this show. I know these guys. You haven't seen hours of this show. Hours of this show don't exist. Yeah. I mean, there's like a few hours, but not much. Yeah, the movie plus the the shorts, it couldn't be more than three. Yeah, this whole season, like even just, this is a shorter Telltale season. It's only four episodes, I believe. And even that, all of those, it's longer than all of anything Wallace and Gromit before this. Well, if everything before this fits into a three-hour block, you could spend that time on one episode. Yeah. I think I might have taken three hours to do this first episode. Um, um, I don't, that's I don't crazy know, to think about. Really. Yeah. Uh, but it's called Fright of the Bumblebees. And it's all about Wallace getting into the honey business. <laughs> into the honey business. Into the honey business. It was released on March 23rd, 2009 directed and written by uh, Hartzell. So we've seen the name Hartzell before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in the future of this, usually, is when we would see the name Hartzell. Um, and I, I looked through the other episodes of this uh, of, of this game, and it looks like Vanneman, Sean Vanneman, Hartzell, and Penny, who we've seen a lot of in Walking Dead and Wolf Among Us, um, are the directors, designers, and writers of each one. Like, they, they've they all, they, they take turns. But it's just those three people. That's so interesting to think how they went from Wallace and Gromit to <laughs> Walking Dead and Wolf Among Us. I mean, it makes total sense. They're here at Telltale. It's just very interesting to think about. Yeah, and I think you saying that kind of betrays the tone a little bit of how we're going to talk about this episode. I haven't talked to you about how I feel about it yet, but... I, I think that it's clear this is one of the the more middling telltale things. To me. Interesting. Do you okay. not feel that way? Okay, yeah. Tell me tell me how well, you feel. I don't wanna I don't wanna so sour the punch. My I think the what how I felt about this was I kind of agree. There's not a whole lot to this game. The puzzles are pretty straightforward. There's not even, like, there's some humor in there, but there's not, like, a whole lot of laugh-out-loud lines and jokes. But at the same time, I kind of appreciate that, especially after going through such big games like Walking Dead and Wolf Among Us. Uh, Even just last week with uh, good old Tycho swearing his mouth off. Yeah. It, it's kind of, I thought it was actually a breath of fresh air going back to a game like this, a Telltale game that's just so simple. It, it yeah. really just gets by on its charm. I will say it is charming. Sometime, sometimes I think it is too charming. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the tone of the world, the tone of these, um, I don't know what this aesthetic genre is called, but this very British cozy 
I almost wanted to just call it, this is the tea time genre of fiction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know exactly what you're going for. It doesn't look exactly not I mean. modern. It looked like it could exist now, but every single person is at least 60 years old. And <laughs> um, th- they're all acting in a very specific, prudy, British way. Um which made me do a like a double take when I realized that hey this game was made in the Bay Area in California. Um, <laughs> it was written true. by Americans who are not far away from us in age, uh, like cosmically speaking at least. Um, mm-hmm. They're borrowing all of this tone from Ardman. Yeah, it's not their life. It, it, this is the life of someone else who probably did experience this growing up. I didn't really look into the uh, development of this game. Did the actual people from Ardman, like, was was it kind of like Strong Bad, where they were able to, like, pitch up lines of the script or whatever and really... I'm guessing they helped keep it in tone with Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure whenever you license a game, you work with the licensor uh, to make sure that you're not making something that would they'd find embarrassing or damaging to the main franchise, but like how involved they choose to be is, is different from person to person. Um, yeah, you can't have Wallace rapping. You can, you can, (laughs) you can though. That's true. I guess you physically can do it. Uh, whoa, Wallace and Gromit in Chippendale rescue Rangers. (laughs) <laughs> would have been that would have been wild to see um anyway yeah it's it's a very for me it's a very nostalgic tone because it it hits on just like corners of my memory playing rare games growing up this is a very mm-hmm. uh like rare whenever they want to sort of joke around and just be like oh yeah we're just some game developers in england this is the kind of tone that it feels like a little bit yeah. Uh this this world of crumpets and every building Tea. in the world is made out of brick, every single one. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like there's when I think back to rare games, there's not like a whole ton of places like that just because you have it's like Donkey Kong Country, Banjo-Kazooie. Strangely enough, I think the game that I thought of when playing this is actually Conker's Bad Fur Day. Yeah, Conker's Bad Fur Day touches it um, probably the closest out of any rare game, probably just because they're uh, using that aesthetic in Conquer to contrast against the wild stuff that's going on. Yeah. Uh, because they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to paint this as their normal. And for us playing it overseas and in a different generation, that's not normal either. That's just a different weird thing. So like it, it sticks out to us more, uh, or at yeah. least it did for me. Uh, Banjo-Tooie's got a little bit of it too, but like not in any particular moment. It's just like flavors that come through. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if, oh, you know, I mean, grab by the ghoulies a little yeah. bit. Yeah, kind of, I think just because that game has more human characters, you mm-hmm. kind of, it kind of feels more similar. Yeah, it, like just the way that uh, Town Center is clearly a, 
like a capital driven marketplace style town, but it's like five buildings large and everyone knows each other. Um, yeah. And it speaks to this idyllic nature of society that can't really exist anymore. And I think people growing up now would look at that and say, wow, that's kind of like a perfect lifestyle you've got. Um, you just need to like Wallace is upset because he can't pay his rent. And that's the only thing that's wrong. And also the reason he can't pay his rent is because he's like not doing jobs. He's just sort of fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what a what a life to live, right? Yeah, he's really living the dream. Yeah, but but um, it's presented as such a like. Oh, can you believe how boring this is? Can you, you wouldn't want to live in this like humdrum, repeating every day is the same day sort of thing. Um, yeah, imagine having a picture of cheese above your bed. I'd do it. I would do it. I don't even like cheese that much. I mean, no one likes cheese that much, but I don't even like it, uh, you know, that much. I'm not a, I'm not really a big cheese guy in general. On its own is the wild thing to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll put cheese in stuff a lot. I love it with a... I, I love a good quesadilla, Dustin. I would destroy a quesadilla right now. I love yeah, a good cheeseburger. Like, cheeseburger, uh, pizza, of course. A, pi- a pizza, but- yeah. Yeah, cheese on its own, not not really my thing. On a cracker, of course, I'll do that. Oh, on a cracker, time. yeah. Um, yeah, but he's, Wallace is just like taking large chunks of cheese and just munching them down. Um, <laughs> snake style. It's concerning. So, um, I, I want to take a minute. We, we've tried doing this before with The Walking Dead. Um, I'm going to try to summarize the entire plot of the episode because I think I can do it. <laughs> Okay. In one minute. Let me look at the timer. And 22. Okay. So Wallace has, uh, he's working on a new business where he's trying to deliver honey to people. That's what he, uh, that's what he's working on. And recently he had caused a lot of damage to the shop of one Mr. Paneer in the town center. And Mr. Paneer says, hey, it's all water under the bridge. If you can deliver to me 50 gallons of honey. And Wallace is like, okay, well, I've got these bees, but they're they, they're not eating enough flowers to make that much honey. So they, he needs new flowers. So he uses a weird growth hormone on the flowers to make them grow extremely tall and fast. And he puts that growth hormone flower into the bees. That's uh, good for creating the honey. Bad for creating normal-sized bees. These bees grow extremely large and just become a menace in the entire town. you got to take down the bees from your house and the street around you and the town. And you need to um, fight off the queen bee who gives chase to you. All the while using a bunch of weird gadgets and gizmos. That took one minute and four seconds. That wasn't too bad. You got it all across. I don't think I'm missing, like, anything. I mean, I am missing side characters, but... um, Yeah, but you got the general plot, yeah. That's what happens. It's not... Okay, so, like, a dastardly penguin trying to kill me, going to the moon, a were-rabbit. These feel like larger toned adventures than this, and I think that's where this stumbles a little bit. Like, just on the concept layer... I'm going around town looking for flowers and trying to grow them. And then, like, there's some bees that are kind of dicks, but, like, not the end of the world. Um, <laughs> like, it, it's not very big. It's just not a very big story in the way that other Wallace and Gromit things um, 
are actually. Yeah. Well, keep in mind this is also just episode one. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's something about um, Strong Bad. I remember feeling too how episode one Homestar Ruiner was just maybe a little too small scale for my taste. Like it was great Homestar Runner content, but you know, as a game, it just didn't really feel that exciting. So I feel like this can grow as the episodes go on. Well, I, I should note, this is one of the ones I've played all the way through before. Oh, okay. I never have. Yeah. So I, I've played all four episodes of Wallace and Gromit. I don't remember them Ooh. very well. In fact, I did not remember the puzzles at all and had to uh, look at a walkthrough. I looked at GameBoomers.com again. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Just for, for one or two parts that... Um, when I looked at what the answer was, I did not feel bad about not getting it, is, is what I'll say about the puzzle construction in these episodes. There were a couple like that for me, too. Just a couple. That, I think overall the puzzles in this are pretty fair, but there are a couple times that are a little uh, obtuse. Well, if, if you're like, if you're only going through two hours of puzzles and it happens more than once that it's like obtuse enough to ha- be stopped. Um... That's an obtuse game. That It doesn't matter that it's a 95% hit rate with the puzzles if the 5% are going to stop me all the way. Because um, that, that. that's kind of like what the entire game is. There was... Um, okay, how do you want to talk about this? <laughs> you, you can go ahead. <laughs> um... I feel like every episode we do, we somehow get less experience in talking about these. <laughs> Well, one thing I want to bring up, uh, Wallace's voice actor in this game is not the one from the shorts and movie. Okay. In I wasn't sure, shorts, but that, I believe it. He does a good job, but here's, so his original voice was Peter Salas. He voiced him in the original three shorts and in the movie, and he retired before this, so... This guy voicing him in this is just the new Wallace. Ben Whitehead has been Wallace in like anything. Well, partially because Peter Salas passed away. In, uh, so he retired in 2010, and I forget when he passed away. This but, is before uh, 2010. Yeah, but um, he still voiced him in this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Ben Whitehead is the new voice of Wallace, and this was his first time being Wallace. I looked up his other filmography. I wasn't sure if he was like a Telltale guy just for this or if he was uh, an Aardman guy. Turns out he's been in other Aardman things like the Pirates movie they did. Cool. Um, other such things. And yeah, so now he's just the permanent voice of Wallace. Um, I think he does a pretty good job. You can tell he's not the original guy, but he still sounds close enough like him. I wasn't expecting him to sound so close. What do you think of Chicken Run? I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember enjoying it. I really like that movie, though I'm not like entirely positive if I think it's actually great, but I really like it. Um, Is that Aardman? That's Aardman, right? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that was Aardman's first movie. I think it's better than Curse of the Were-Rabbit. I think so, too. Um, I do enjoy Curse of the Were-Rabbit a lot. I had only seen that movie for the first time like last year. Oh, really? So you have like a, yeah. a a relatively recent memory of it. Yeah, I I don't know why I just never got around to it. Uh, then a friend played it and I uh, I enjoyed it. I think there is just something about Chicken Run being more unique. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's like, its own universe. 
Did, yeah, Curse of the Were Rabbit. Coming, right? Yeah, I, I don't know when, but I think it's uh, going to Netflix. Damn, you know that's that's the one that doesn't need it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the retro revival that even me, a fan of Chicken Run, doesn't. I don't need that. <laughs> we we didn't need a Chicken Run sequel. They escaped the first time. They escaped the first time, but there were also like brutal chicken murders in that movie. That for a ch- uh, it was marketed as a child's movie. Just watching that farmer decapitate that chicken, definitely in the movie, um, pretty hardcore. And yeah. I wonder if they're going to do that the second time. If they don't, they have not kept true to the spirit of Chicken Run. <laughs> <laughs> we need on-screen grizzly murders. That's yeah, you you need that. Um, um, here's a question for you. Did you do the tutorial? Nope. Did you? I did because okay. I had never played this before and I just, you know, I figured it was just going to be your average point and click adventure game and I was right. It's not like I needed to play the tutorial, but I just wanted to experience it since I never had. Well, there were some um uh like controls issues that I ran into that I kind of had to guess and check until I understood them that maybe oh, I really? should have gone through the tutorial for. Uh such as what? So how you pull up an item is on PC at least. Are you playing this on PC? Yeah. So uh, it you click the middle mouse wheel and then you can scroll through your items. Oh, that's that's how you did it? I don't know any other way to do it. How do you do it? Uh, you just press the shift key and it brings up your inventory. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know. I thought <laughs> I pressed a bunch of different keys and trying and I didn't see it. So That's okay. It worked out. Yeah. So what was the plot? I'm eating a nerd's gummy cluster. <laughs> what was the plot of the uh, of the episode um, of the tutorial? The plot of the tutorial was um, you control Wallace, and he's just like, "Why don't you click on Gromit?" Um, and Gromit's playing chess against a chess machine, but one of the pieces is broken, so you have to find something to replace the uh, chess piece, which is a pepper shaker on the other side of the room. So you, it just teaches you grab it, then bring up your inventory and replace the puzzle piece with the, with the pepper shaker. You're good to play this game now. Wow. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. It really is just, have you ever played a point and click adventure game before? <laughs> in, in some ways, Wallace and Gromit's grand adventures is a parody of Sam and Max. <laughs> uh, because, well, you have a dog. <laughs> and, that is true. And in other ways also. Um, Sam and Max is a parody of video games, it feels sometimes, but is a very archetypical point-and-click adventure to the point where we think of it as very traditional. And yeah. Wallace and Gromit is too, but like the tone of Sam and Max, like it's become normal that everything is off the wall and ballistic and wild uh the the moments are so large the characters are so unhinged everything's gross all the time so <laughs> like the the idea that the tutorial for walls and gromit's grand adventures is i don't know what if you could use a salt shaker as a rook in chess <laughs> that would be silly like the, the fact that that's how <laughs> that high they silly. reach with their octane levels is 
a, I think a pretty good joke in and of itself if you were to compare it to Simon Max, uh, Telltale Simon Max, which you would because this came out between seasons two and three of them. Yeah, it's uh, it's I I think it's interesting having a game that's a lot more. Uh, I don't necessarily want to say down to earth because you have giant bees attacking but it's a lot more low-key with its uh, characters and humor something i realized recently is that before i underwent the process of playing through all these games for the podcast i didn't think that an adventure game character in this style of adventure game could really be good or bad you know i mean like a playable character yeah um they're just the vessel by which i explore the world they can be written well, but mechanically they're not going to be good or bad. And I think that I've learned that is not true. Um, Ooh. I think that you can have a good or bad adventure game character. I think Strong Bad and Sam are excellent adventure game characters. And that's why those games kind of sing. Uh, mm-hmm. You have these characters who go around. It makes sense for them to just break out a little conversation of... Oh, yeah, I saw that thing. That thing was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And just having that little dialogue, that that little explanation of the world around you is something that you would take for granted until you see a character who's like, oh, Gromit doesn't talk. I was thinking the exact same thing. I love Gromit in the shorts, but he doesn't make for a good game that's based on dialogue. So you go back and forth playing as Gromit and then Wallace and then Gromit and then Wallace one after the other. And that's cool. I like the idea that I'm switching back and forth. Sam and Max is also built on two buddy characters and they don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and They do it a little bit in season three with uh, different Max stuff. But yeah, in, in this Wallace is too dumb and too quiet to get things he wants to get. Which is endearing <laughs> in in a charming sort of way, but this is kind of what I was talking about with it being too charming. Uh, in order to make the growth potion that you need for the, the quick flower growth, you need mm-hmm. three ingredients, grotein, strongium, and energides. Which are, that's, that's top-notch nonsense names. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he had strongium tea, which was stolen by a squirrel. Uh, so you need to find the squirrel, and then the squirrel, you can give the squirrel some toast. <laughs> sure. You can give the well, squirrel some toast, which will uh, make it focus more on the toast, and then let go of the tea, and then the tea falls. What were you going to say? I, I was just going to defend it, because Wallace does tell you straight up, oh, that squirrel loves toast. I guess he uh, hopped in the butter and... and because he wanted the toast but okay yes but the toast was already on the kitchen counter with the window open the squirrel could have gotten it me giving the squirrel the toast is an unnecessary middleman for the squirrel so (laughs) like the idea that it already picked what it wanted and it was the tea bag why would it want a different thing it picked what Um, it wanted yeah well it's because the butter was there to stop it from getting the toast. It would slip in the butter. Okay, okay. Because the, the squirrel, if he, if you make the toast without putting the butter on the butter tray, he does steal the toast. Squirrels live in one-dimensional universes. If there's butter in front of the <laughs> toast, it can't get to the toast without going through the butter. 
Yeah. Uh, we, however, live in three-dimensional universes and can see all kinds of different paths around the butter <laughs> <laughs> that does not involve stepping in the butter to get the toast. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, but what I was saying about Wallace is that this teabag falls and it falls on the breasts of his neighbor, Miss Felicity. Oh, my lordy. Yeah. What, what a conundrum. Uh, so <laughs> the reason... We cannot ask her for this is uh, she doesn't notice the teabag fall. So Wallace is like, uh, Miss Flint, would you please give me the teabag on your... Um... Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, because Wallace is an incel. <laughs> and he cannot say I was going to say he was... I was going to say he's polite. <laughs> <laughs> it's not It's not polite to let someone have a teabag stain their clothes all day. Um, That's because true. you can't muster the courage to say the word boob, <laughs> or even we say chest, it all the time. Remember? You know, just say hey, yeah. no. It's actually on your like on your shirt. Just tell her to look. Yeah, look down. It's on your shirt. Can you please give me that tea bag? Yeah, and also I don't know. <laughs> just, just like this, it it's charming. Like I get it. I get that Wallace would not be the kind of character to um to be able to say this, but. I just get so frustrated. <laughs> I just get so frustrated. I would have told her it's on her boobs like seven times already. Give me a boob tea, please. It, it doesn't need to be weird. I just want the tea bag. <laughs> I need to get the strongium. <laughs> uh, so because because Wallace is such a such a polite, I guess, gentleman, <laughs> uh, so many of these conversations in the game are like i i get that they need to have the puzzle right mm -hmm. for game design reasons you have the puzzle and then you sort of make the story reasons like okay why would we need her to lean over okay maybe there's something on her chest why can't he just ask for it oh because they're social anyway <laughs> but there's so many times that it's just it's not fun to me to be put in the the body of a character who's like hey my mouse is in prison and my mouse robot <laughs> is in prison and i can't just tell the prison guard like hey that's not a person <laughs> that's my mouse that's robot that's not a that's not a person that should be in prison that's not a person that should be in prison i'll just take the battery out and then look cuz you're worried about it happening again because the mouse that robot is the thing that would solve both of our problems right yeah the mouse robot is the thing that uh caused the damage to the shop so if you just let me take the power out because I need the, that battery and then also you need this mouse to not cause more damage, that would just do it. And hey, that didn't take that long to explain because we're both adults and we have places to be. <laughs> <laughs> you really put Wallace in his place, Mitch. Yeah, so I have this electric uh, remote, remote control for the mouse instead. And I can't just direct it to go to a place. I have to direct it to sniff out a different kind of cheese. So I need to put different cheeses in different places <laughs> <laughs> to make the... Uh... <laughs> I need to put different cheeses in different places to make the mouse sniff out the stuff at the right time to look as if it's talking to the police officer. And, you know, I get, I, I get it. I can't say I don't get it. I design video games. I, I do it all the time. I get it. 
but like I hate having to do it. It does not just because I'm charming, make, Mitch. It's whimsical. Don't you understand? Just because I understand does not mean I like doing it. <laughs> um, because when when this kind of thing happens in the world of Sam and Max, Sam's always there to be like, uh, "It looks like there's a tea bag on your bosom, Miss. Can I grab that? I'll just grab that." <laughs> <laughs> and it'll it'll be weird for her <laughs> but i can <laughs> and go and do other things <laughs> I, I can i can start like okay well that was the strong game let me get the protein and energides <laughs> um yeah i'll i'll be honest mitch i did not have this same problem <laughs> i was perfectly charmed and enraptured yeah, so, well, uh, my my thesis statement here is that uh, Gromit's muteness makes him a poor adventure game character. I, I do agree with that. It's not just for flavor, either. When Gromit interacts with something, you'd be like, I need to know what the world, what the game designers think of this object. Think of this mm-hmm. moment, this time period. And the the little cute quips that come out, they're not just quips. They give you some sort of like, okay, this is what this object means to this character. Even though I think of this wrench as a tool, this person thinks of the wrench as a paperweight. So now I'm conditioned to think of like, okay, I can weigh something down with it. Um, and, and like, that's the shorthand that these games use. Yeah. And if Gromit's not going to give me any of that, the entire half of the game I'm playing as Gromit is a lot... It, it just feels more abstract. It feels harder to get in the mind space of the developers. of, Like, they're seeing... The developers in any adventure game see a flowchart of you need this item to do this action to get this item to do this action to solve a goal. And then mm-hmm. you do enough goals to get to the next arc of the game and then you finish the game. And I can't... The player... Like, the goal of the player in playing an adventure game is to get into that mindset... And to imagine that they understand that flowchart too. Yeah. And you can't do that when you play as Gromit. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. I feel like a better way to do it would have just been uh, stay as Wallace the whole time. But, like, I don't know, find some way to get Gromit to work for the puzzles, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. like how Sam and Max work, basically. Max is just around, but you can use him to solve some of uh, puzzles here and there. Just do that with Gromit. You still you can keep the charm of having Gromit be a silent protagonist, but you can still get the feedback from Wallace. So I've wrote down uh, Gromit's silence makes him a bad adventure game character. Wallace's impotence makes him a bad adventure game character. <laughs> I... I'm fine with Wallace, but I get where you're coming from. There's something about the British well-to-do that <laughs> well-to-do. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's funny to consider them well-to-do, but they really kind of are, right? Like they they're homeowners. They the, they they all seem pretty much without financial issues in this game. They're they're, they're except for Wallace. Except for Wallace, but really, he's fine. Yeah, he's a business owner. He has bees. He can cause thousands of dollars in damage to this store. <laughs> and the store's like, dude, I know you're weird. Just give me 50 gallons of honey. Yeah, and he didn't even have to give it to him for free. He still paid him money for the honey so he could pay his bills. Yeah. It's, it's, there were no consequences for Wallace other than 
the Sniffer 3000 being put in prison. Yeah, and you, you know what? They're never going to change. These people are never going to change because they have too many chances. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't encourage their bad behavior because they'll never learn. What did you like about this episode? You know, I actually thought this episode was very nice and simple. I, I said it earlier, but I feel like after all these bigger games based on making like big, heavy choices, big uh, characters who say bad words all the time, it's <laughs> it's just nice to go back to something a little more simple, not just in gameplay, but in tone. It's It was just a nice, relaxing, chill experience. And I feel like if we played this... Like, if we did this show in chronological order, I would not have been that into it. Because, what, before this, it was season two of Sam and Max. This is just more of the same, but with a more downplayed world. But I think, given that we chose to play it after some of the more intense games they did... Right I before thought it this, was... I believe, is Strong Bad. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was... Was Strong Bad af- before or after season two of Sam and Max? After, after right? After, I think. Okay, so it was Strong Bad, then Wallace and Gromit. Then Monkey Island, then Season 3. Then Season 3, yeah. Um, Yeah, I feel like if we had played it then, then I would have seen this game probably for what it is. Like you said, one of the more mid-Telltale games. Like, it even reviewed that way. I don't know if any of these episodes uh, scored particularly high. I think they were mostly like sevens, mm. which is fair, sixes and sevens. Um, but I think just given the time we played it, I had a nice time with it. Yeah, 2009 is a weird time period because it, on one hand, it does feel a long time ago. It was 13 years ago. But on the mm-hmm. other, it's only a few years before like Twitch streaming really took off. Mm-hmm. And that feels like what made the modern video game era yeah um so i i can i kind of can't imagine people being like hey chat uh this is the uh this is the twitch stream we're starting off for today today we're gonna be playing this is fart smell us 68 and we're playing (laughs) wallace and gromit's grand adventures episode one fight of the bumblebees (laughs) pretty uh it's like fly to the bumblebees okay let's go get your grape juice and uh get ready for a good time it's hard to imagine this kind of game. This this kind of game really does feel a full, like, generational jump before that moment. Yeah. Uh, in a way that almost nothing feels like a full generational jump anymore. Like, 2013 to now is nine years, and I think it's a smaller jump than 20, 2009 to 2013. I agree. Yeah. Um, you know what's something I really liked about this game? Tell is me, how it looks. It. They really captured the aesthetic of Wallace and Gromit, mm. not just in the way the characters look, but like their models all have like a clay texture, including fingerprints on them. I got to tell you, I did not. <laughs> you didn't care for that? I Well, I didn't. I didn't think they went nearly as hard as I would have liked them to go. And I, okay. I had it written down here in my notes that if this game came out like four years, five years later, it would look like mm. actual clay. It, w- it would be oh, totally just a couple years later. Uh, we're talking like Kirby Rainbow Curse on Wii U. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that kind of era where, I mean, we, we talked about the the purposeful art direction of Walking Dead. That was, or or uh, uh, I meant to say Wolf Among Us. 
Wolf Among Us mm-hmm. was 20, uh, 2003 and 4. Sorry, 13 and 14. So yeah. four or five years after this, they really could have gone further with style. Um, and it, it feels to me a little like just before the time where they really could have made it look more like a lot more like clay. And instead they have a they have like half the objects in the world have that clay texture and half don't. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I feel like just given when it did come out, I think it's pretty impressive how they got it to look. Just because like I'll be honest, I don't think early Telltale games particularly look very good. No, they look PC. Like they they look like yeah. PC games and well, that's even that I think they're pretty. PC games did not look good. Yeah, and even then, I think they look like even season two of Sam and Max. It works, but it's not particularly impressive looking. I think maybe Strong Bad was the first one that looked pretty good since it looked just like uh, Homestar Runner. Um, but I I do think given when this game came out, they did a pretty... I, I wouldn't have expected them to have like fingerprints on the characters. I would have just thought they would have just made them 3D models. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I keep, remember at the time thinking it's pretty impressive so yeah. I, I will give them the point on that yeah no I totally agree if it came out later they could have done a lot more with it just given when it actually did come out because when Curse of the Were-Rabbit came out they did like a GameCube uh, game for it and I don't think they did that for that I think they were just like 3D models of the characters and to be honest I think that would have flown just fine for people they would have been like okay well it's a video game, so uh, obviously they're just going to look like this. But I do appreciate the effort that went into it to make them actually feel enough like clay models for the time. How's that GameCube Chris of the Were Rabbit game? I never played it. <laughs> um, I would. I'd. I'd be very interested in seeing how that plays. Like, what genre is it even? Yeah, I think it's just like a 3D platformer exploration game where you can like switch between the two and you have like gadgets and such. You're Um, speaking my language. I like those things. Yeah, um, I think it got pretty like all right scores, you know, kind of what you expect for an all right licensed game. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. I'll I'll guess it's on the list. It's not on the list. Um. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about specifically here? Um, I mean, we, we can talk a lot more if you want. I don't feel like we got super deep into the plot, but... Uh, yeah, I think that really is all we can really go into just because this game... I enjoyed it, but I recognize that it's simple. It's a very simple point-and-click adventure game episode. And there really isn't that much to say about it. Other than it's a Wallace and Gromit little adventure. Yeah, I, I'll i say that for a, to a certain extent, I like the characters. I They lean hard into that thing I was saying before, in, both in this episode and in other episodes of the podcast, that I just don't care for at all, which is like, normal people could solve this problem easily by having a conversation. And... Yeah. Like, the adventure game genre is about dialogue trees, and it's about, like, the human experience in video game form much more than any other genre is because other genres have to do things like turn-based combat or real-time combat or platforming, which really are alien to the human experience. So 
I should be feeling like I'm actually relating on some level to the the, the conundrums put forward in mm-hmm. these games. And if you say like, Wallace just can't get the teabag because he's a priss. And I'm like, okay, but like, <laughs> it would be so easy. <laughs> it would it would be so easy to get it. I Yeah, she probably doesn't even want a teabag on her top. No, it's probably staining her clothes and she would hate that. You would both benefit from just asking to have it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so there's a lot of stuff like that with these characters. It's not just the teabag mm-hmm. thing. That's just the funniest example, <laughs> probably. But yeah. Um, yeah, in in that way, the characters kind of bring me down a little bit. But in other ways, they are charming. And this world that they live in is pretty idyllic. Um, I think you'd get bored of it pretty fast. But if you but were it perfectly in it suits the characters in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just not a place I would want to live. No. like To be fair, there's a lot of telltale places I would not want to live. Like uh, Miss Flit, she's watering her garden. You think that she does that every day of her life and it's her entire day? And she doesn't do um, other things in her whole life? She doesn't have a podcast. <laughs> Maybe she does. Maybe this is just part of her day is watering these flowers. I don't believe it. I don't think she does. <laughs> I think that's part of the, part of the world here is that like, hey, this is a this is these are all very sad people. <laughs> these they, they are focused on their own problems they cause for themselves because they don't have other things going on. Yeah, but you know, it, it they seem happy. They seem happy enough except for when these little situations arise. I don't believe it. I don't I don't <laughs> believe they are. They they can put on this facade all they want. I know what's really going on inside. Let's head into our segments, I think. I think it's time for our segments. Okay, we can do our segments. Dustin, would you like to do The Weekly Guy? I would love to do The Weekly Guy. Um, My Weekly Guy for this episode... I really liked... Uh, Shit, I'm blanking on his name. Mr. Gabberly. Mr. Gabberly? Yeah. Yeah, he... I wrote down in my notes, Mr. Gabberly is just a character Mitch would make for our D&D campaign. (laughs) Yeah, that's not wrong. Uh, I I really like Mr. Gabberly as well. Uh, He's not my weekly guy, but I totally like it. So we didn't talk about him at all. Do you want to give a description? Yeah, so... I I actually do kind of want to talk about some of the puzzles because there were a couple where I was like, I enjoyed that. I had a good time with this puzzle, even if there's not much to it. So you meet uh, Mrs. Gabberly on the corner. She's running a shop and uh, boy, she and her husband, they're they're having a little spat. Anytime you talk to her, she's like, uh, oh, Wallace, you're so great and cool we'd love some honey and then mr mr gabberly goes uh oh shut up he sucks get him out of here yeah they're having a very british argument yeah uh one that relies on uh insults their marriage is not at it at its peak right now yeah like and like an, an argument anywhere else in the world you would assume like oh these people actually are having a very bad time and I would still think that in England, but it's just normal. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that's just what their relationship is. Yeah, it's just a, it's just understood that that is what they're going to do that day. You have to help her come up with an insult to yell at Mr. Gabberly. Um, I I thought this puzzle was fun. I kind of liked the uh, um, trying out different words, seeing what affects them. Because when I first did it, I got all of them wrong except for mild. So, like, I called him, like, uh, I, I told her to call him, like, a mild dodo. And he was like, oh, well, the dodo's pretty cool. That's awesome. But how dare you call me mild? Yeah. So I liked getting clues, you know, you're, you're just kind of trying stuff out, seeing what affects him. Um, I thought it was fun seeing what, because you have to click on different things in her store to give Wallace an idea of what to tell her. She's like, okay, I need a, a verb. I need an item, a, a descriptor and another item. And so you look at items in their stand for uh, those different words. Not only do you have to find the word that fits what she wants, but you have to find the right ones that hurt him. Yeah, there's a lot of really good words in that stand for making insults that are actually insulting. But the the twist here is that his deal is he's proud of being nasty. So if you just yeah. call him nasty, he's like, hey, yeah. Uh, but if you call <laughs> him a mild it. gentleman, which I believe is like the solve for the puzzle, yeah, he'll be like, I, "That's a really low blow, actually. I can't believe that you said that to me." <laughs> I'm I'm gonna shut this window harder than normal now. Yeah, <laughs> and he shuts the w- window harder than normal, and the flowers fall off, which is you had to just assume that would happen. <laughs> <laughs> that that part of the puzzle, I'm not super into. I didn't even know the flowers were up there. That was one I had to look up because i had no idea you even needed to do that yeah <laughs> uh, but i i like the puzzle itself i like the wordplay puzzle uh just not what you needed to do it for mm-hmm. um, um my weekly guy is mr paneer Ooh. so mr paneer is just like a really forgiving guy just a really nice guy um, he really lets wallace off the hook yeah, so Wallace destroyed two walls and an entire display case of his in his grocery store. And Mr. Paneer's like, look, I'm not going to get the money from you. I know that uh, <laughs> if you just if you give me a good delivery of the business you are telling me you run, um, then I'll just water under the bridge, I guess. I'm so tired. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you with You with your quirky inventions i've had it with this i've had it with but i show. know that's life also you're banned from entering my shop <laughs> <laughs> which is just that's just a safety precaution i still like you i'll give you a free sample of cheese but you yeah, can have you all the free inside. samples you want but do not enter here with your little inventions and robots yeah your quirkiness is driving driving destruction and decay into my life in a way that i am not prepared for so you really should just not <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. At first in my notes, I writ- I had written down, uh, I like that you switch between Wallace and Gromit. But yeah, the more I thought about it as the episode went, Gromit's just not, I totally agree with you that he's just not a good protagonist for this sort of game. And I feel like there would be better ways to uh, use him here. I mean, Gromit's the one with the clear design problem, but I almost like Gromit more because uh gromit <laughs> would grab the tea bag which is rude that's a rude thing and yeah. maybe you'd have to apologize later but you'd have the tea bag you'd solve the problem 
I don't, maybe. I could see him reaching out for it and she would like smack him across the face like all, why I never. But maybe she'd lean down to smack him, which would make the yeah. teabag fall off. So everyone wins anyway. Yeah. Like Gromit Gromit's would take some sort of action. And, and Wallace would while away in the quiet place while the world revolves around him and he becomes irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> You're so mean to this simple man. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck did he do to you? <laughs> he made me do a lot of extra shit for the teabag is what he did. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, well, oh. yeah, the entire insult mini game is because you need a different flower to put in um Miss Felicity's garden to make her look like oh, oh that thing bloomed and then she'll lean over and grab the teabag. So yeah. like that entire other thing, that's a really long way to go just to be like Hey, um, look at the ground. <laughs> look at the ground once. I'm not even going to tell you why. Just do it, and <laughs> you you can't you can't get it going. You just can't get that well, aspect of the universe to work in your favor. Wallace does try to get her to look down. It just doesn't work out. I had one line written down. Uh, he says, uh, "I think I see a bloom in your garden. You have to bend down to see them." And she says, uh, that's a pebble, Wallace. And he just goes, oh. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even fight back. <laughs> she doesn't look, and she's like, no, nah, My mistake. <laughs> Imagine flowers being on the ground. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So my weekly guys, Mr. Paneer. Yours is, uh... Uh, Mr. Gabberly. Mr. Gabberly. Yeah. Good stuff. I, I I gave him the edge just because he reminded me of uh, a character you would make. Yeah, I don't remember doing anything exactly like that, but I I totally like the vibe of him. So yeah, um, especially his his voice that is definitely one of the San Francisco Bay Area telltale regular voice actors. Yeah. Um, and not one of the actual British people, because a lot of the people in here are actual British people, but not all of mm-hmm. them. One of the things I really liked was n- after that, after he gets so insulted, he calls Wallace. Yeah. You get the answering machine. He's like, uh, I'm, I'm not so good at eating humble pie, but uh, you sure bested me. <laughs> yeah, he goes on for like a whole paragraph or two about like, look, I'm sorry, man. i was in a bad place i was in a dark place then you caught me on a hump day and (laughs) all i can do is apologize potent pickups mitch you go first with this one cheese cheese that's a good one yep (laughs) is that all you have to say about it it is awesome Mine is the controller for the Sniffer 3000. Okay, so those kind of are working in tandem with each other. Yeah, uh, yeah, the cheese totally plays into it, so. Yeah, it goes, you use the controller to go where the cheese is, so, uh, and then you can put the cheese in different places, so so that's cool. That's a, that's a cool recurring mechanic throughout the episode. Pretty much the only yeah. non-standard item in the episode, um, other than, because mm-hmm. every other item is some sort of just uh it's a ticket to have it or not have it it doesn't really do anything on its own you know what's the other one i would give it to like the honorable mention 
Hmm. is uh the map i was gonna say even the map. though yeah map's good it, it's very helpful i didn't even realize you could use it i just thought it was like a map you needed to use for something so i was like clicking back and forth i was going all through the house to get to the town and then once i realized i was like oh wait this map i can just click on the locations and just immediately be there what a time saver it's a it's a real great thing that map yeah, I feel like if I had known that was how it worked, I would have taken it for granted. Like, I would have just been like, oh, okay, well, obviously that's how the map works. That's how it works in Strong Bad. But because I didn't know and I had to realize that's how it worked, I was like, oh, yes! Yeah, it, it is interesting because it has three locations on the map, which are really just two locations. It's the house yeah, you don't need and right outside the, the house and the town. <laughs> Yeah, you the you only have to go out onto the street to talk to uh, Major Crumb, mm-hmm. but um, we we didn't even talk about Major Crumb. But you know, it's just another puzzle, basically. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's like weirdly proud of his PTSD. He's a like an old war veteran. <laughs> yeah, he wants to be uh, enlisted again. Mm-hmm. He's probably um, Korea era. That makes sense. Maybe. Well, that would have been the 50s, and then, so like 55 years later. He, yeah, that, that sounds right to me-ish. Yeah, he's he's like a older man here, so. Um, I don't know all the different wars that England was involved in. I'm assuming that in the, in the 20th and 21st century, they're mostly the same wars that America yeah. was involved in. I probably need to do some research into that. Mm-hmm. I probably should too, but I'm not gonna. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's a choice too. That you can do that just the same. Can I just say I really like the design for these giant bees? They don't really even strike me as like Wallace and they, yeah. they don't feel like characters that would be in Wallace and Gromit. Like these designs, I feel like if you wanted them very to feel more authentic, yeah, one hundred percent. But I enjoy their models all the same. They're just fun. I wish there was more. I I wish that they pushed these a little more obviously clay for the bees because the bees are such a big part of the episode. They should have that little Wallace and Gromit panache. Um, yeah. That like Wallace's character model, I think, is the gold standard for looking like it's clay. And then every yeah, it's, fel- it's really everything good. else in the game is sort of like more or less than that. Mm hmm. Um, both Wallace and Gromit look pretty good. Uh. Maybe I was just spellbound by that, that I didn't notice anything else falling short of it. I was just like, wow, look at the thumbprint on Gromit. <laughs> Gromit's walk cycle is awesome. I love it, yeah. He's, he's raising his feet all the way in the air every step. It's great. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess it helps they have those shorts to really watch and study how they like move. Yeah, and that way that Gromit walked was probably originally an error of some sort, you know, trying to make <laughs> stop motion look good. Like, how do you make a dog mm-hmm. walk in stop motion? I guess it's like this. Um, but they've turned it into a like, well, we could make a dog walk be- better, than, but why would we? This is way funnier. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, <laughs> this doesn't look like <laughs> anything. This is awesome. <laughs> um yeah i i totally agree but uh yeah that's my potent pickup uh what's your golden moment this one's tough we were kind of uh talking about this before the show that we both had golden moments but weren't quite sure on them yeah um mine is the end fight with the queen bee 
Okay, that is the biggest part of this this episode. I, yeah. Obviously, it's the climax. Yeah, it just it just felt like it finally sort of escalated to something a bit more serious. Uh, mm-hmm. Not serious as in not funny, just serious as in like, hey, let's actually... A threat. Let's actually think about this a little bit harder. This is... <laughs> it, it's almost like we finally woke up and like, oh, Our- yeah, I, I finally had some caffeine. Uh, you see, I hadn't had my tea today because the squirrel stole my strongium tea. But <laughs> I, I'm finally like jolted awake, like, oh yeah, there's a giant bee. I should fight it. Uh, and the the chase away from the giant bee, I feel like I've done it four times already in different Telltale games. Basically, uh, I I was thinking like Back to the Future. Yeah, Back to the Future is a is a super close reference for like driving away from a big threat and you're like climbing mm-hmm. all over the car i could swear we did this other times than back to the future um, do we do it in sam and max we did it in dangerous three yeah um oh in sam and max when you're running away from uh abe lincoln and you have to put the homing yep. beacon on him. yeah 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 this is a this is a classic telltale moment yeah, uh, and I think just that I liked about it because um, we're getting away from those. Yeah, I I agree. That's part of the reason why I enjoyed this episode in in general. It just uh, are you nostalgic for the beginning of this podcast? Kind of. It's just wow. been a bit, and we played so much of those in a row that uh, we were both kind of getting sick of it. Mm-hmm. But now after playing these more intense choice-based games, Walking Dead, uh, Wolf Among Us, I kind of like going back to something a little more simple, just figuring out puzzles, just talking to charming characters. Well, Uh, well, I kind of feel like these are, to me, they feel less simple. Like the the, the narrative adventure games, the narrative of them is, is definitely more hardcore, but the Mm-hmm. playing of the game is They're so more straightforward. Breezy. I just make choices and yeah. I'm never wrong. I just am weird if I do different choices. Uh, and yeah. with this, it's like, okay, I actually have to think about how to use the fucking cheese mouse. And I think it's just because you have more time to really do these. With those, with like Walking Dead and Wolf Among Us, a lot of the times you're in the moment talking to these characters and you got to make choices. They have some puzzles here and there, but they're mostly about progressing the story. And they... They're just more brisk, more fast-paced. Here, you can really take your time, and you have to, mm-hmm. uh, to figure out these puzzles. And I liked going back to that. I I don't want to say I prefer it. I think overall, uh, you know, obviously, Walking Dead and Wolf Among Us are better games than Wallace and Gromit, Fright of the Bumblebee. Uh, but yeah, it was nice to have a game where I could just kind of go at my own pace, just talk to characters, figure things out. Yeah. Um, I, I feel that. Was that, w- did you have a golden moment? Was that yours too? Or was there No, funny enough, my golden moment is the exact opposite end of the spectrum here. I liked the opening with the breakfast. Oh. It felt, v- it felt very Wallace and Gromit. Um, and, you know, there's not a whole lot of dialogue here, but you do get some from, like, Wallace, uh, interacting with Gromit trying to make the breakfast, uh, I didn't think the puzzles were, like, absolutely brain dead. Some of them were. You know, you can just easily get, like, uh, the honey. You just use the hive in the dining room. I I did kind of like how it was, like, kind of, like, steps. Like, a tier of puzzle. You can just get the honey 
And then with the toast, it's a little more complicated. You got to get the butter from the fridge so the squirrel will slip on it and you can just get the toast. And then the part with the egg had more to it where you had to uh, figure out how to get the egg over to the hammer. Yeah. But then the hammer's also set to smash it, not tap it. So it, it was just a nice little system where you had went from easy, medium to a little bit more complicated. And yeah, I, I it just felt like a nice way to open a Wallace and Gromit game. Yeah, I have here in my notes with the system that Wallace originally used that badger on a wheel with to get his pen. Mm-hmm. I wrote, pretty stupid way to get a pen. <laughs> it's great though as soon as i saw that i was like oh that's just for he's got family. this whole thing yeah classic wallace little pen. wallace gromit action <laughs> classic wallace bullshit <laughs> <laughs> what if wallace was in poker night and he heard Tycho say fuck <laughs> he would just be like oh goodness yeah he would be like noticeably distressed for the rest of the the game <laughs> I actually do think Wallace would be pretty good because that is a good role for him to fill for a poker night table. I don't think he's allowed to hear the word fuck. That's true. Well, I also didn't think Strong Bad was allowed to hear the word fuck, and he sure did multiple times. Yeah, yeah. But I guess his his attitude kind of helps, too. He's a bad guy. Well, yeah, Strong Bad is totally the kind of guy that would say fuck if only he knew what that word meant. Yeah. (laughs) If only he's ever heard it before. And unfortunately, now he has. Yeah, so now he will. That's why they had to cancel the website. <laughs> Sorry, Strong Bad just got a little out of control. We got to shut this whole place down. Okay, so that's been Wallace and Gromit's Grand Adventures Episode 1, Fright of the Bumblebees. I'm excited for Episode 2, The Last Resort. <laughs> yeah, Um. I kind of wonder, because I enjoyed this episode more than you did, it sounds like, but I feel like that might not carry over because i feel like this episode in particular just had that novelty of like going back to a more basic sort of structure uh after playing those games we played but now i got that Mm. now i wonder if it's either gonna stay there and i'll get bored of it or if it'll build on that and this story will get bigger yeah i think there's also just the the idea of like this is not the first time i've seen this so mm-hmm. the first time you see it, you might be like, oh, wow, that's a fingerprint on the clay. And I'm like, this time I'm thinking, well, the, the chair's not clay at all. And the table's not <laughs> clay. But like, why is why are only some things clay? So maybe I'm just being yeah. uh, a little more, a little more than deservant uh, <laughs> critical of it because it's the second time I've seen it. Although well, it was a really long time under ago. Your skin. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's also part of it for me. I'm just trying to keep in mind, like the time it came out rather than, cause I do totally agree. I wish it came out a little later so it could look like more clay. Like, I think they actually did a VR Wallace and Gromit, uh, thing recently. Yeah. Didn't they? And I think it looks like just like the shorts basically. Yeah. Well, we got through a whole episode without mentioning the Ardman NFTs. <laughs> Let's see if we can keep it up. 